time, I don't know about you, but I have over the last um, four weeks, I think it's been, working through this series. We've still got two more Sundays to go, um, Pastor James next week, Pastor Greg the week after, finishing off our series on parables. And I know I've really enjoyed it. Um, it's, it's always exciting to look at these things that we've seen so many times that we've heard about before, but with fresh eyes and with the power of the Holy Spirit to unpack scripture again. I know I've really enjoyed doing that. Um, and if you've missed some of those messages, they are online. You can get onto YouTube or you can um, head to the church um, website. But when we started the series a number of weeks ago, we looked at the fact that the way our brains are wired, they are literally wired and, and designed and created in such a way that stories have a powerful impact. That when we hear stories, it enables us to position ourselves within the story, to understand and to um, imagine the emotions and the feelings and the impact of what's going on in the story on those characters. And so when we hear stories, they actually connect with us. We saw that our scripture is full of stories, all the way from the Old Testament through to the New Testament. We saw that almost a third of what Jesus says, his words that are captured for us in the Gospels, are in stories. And so there was a reason for this. There was a reason why um, Jesus would often speak in parables. We saw that that word parable comes from the Greek word parabola, which means to cast something alongside something else. And so what Jesus would do is he would cast a, a kingdom truth, a, um, a spiritual truth, something that didn't necessarily, wasn't necessarily easily understood. He would cast that alongside and set it within a story that, uh, involving characters and involving things that the people knew. And so we've seen that over the last couple of weeks. We've seen that agricultural focus, the way that the people um, knew about vines and about plants and about thorns and thickets. And so we've seen those. And we see that Jesus teaches these uh, life um, radical truths that are actually radical for us today. Because I would say that as we're listening to these stories, that we should be examining our own minds, examining our own hearts, because the kingdom truths that are covered within the parables are actually so different to what the world says to us is true. So we have God's truth, the kingdom truth, and then we have what the world says is true. And so today, it's kind of like a buy one, get two free kind of offering because we're actually going to work through three parables. I was amazed last week that James's parable was about four lines long and he got an incredible deep sermon out of it. Um, mine is a whole chapter long um, and I'm going to try and pack it in. We've got 23 minutes. The clock is counting. Um, but I think, I think you'll see that as we work today that there are three parables within um, Luke's gospel in chapter 15, and you can turn there if you'd like, that Jesus tells them in quick succession to the crowd, and each one kind of builds on the one before. They are three parables with three, um, the exact same meaning, the exact same truth flowing through them. And so we're going to look at them together. And as you're turning there, I'd ask you this question. I want you to think back to the last time you lost something. So hopefully it wasn't that recently. 
It might have been this morning, you might have lost your keys as you were trying to leave the house or lost your thick jacket. Um, But as many of you know, Cindy and I have just moved. And um, when we were packing, Cindy and I have very different packing styles. I think there's very clearly styles of packing and approaches to packing. And Cindy's style was to take her time with a room, to carefully place everything carefully in a box so she knew where everything was. My style, and this is why we never packed the same room together, we just couldn't look at each other packing. So my style was to, you got the biggest box you could find, you open it as wide as you could, and you literally just rake things off the shelves into the box. And so that was my style of packing. And what it's meant is that as we've started unpacking boxes, every morning I'm running around the house going, where is it? Where is it? I I might be looking for my work shoes. I might be looking for a jacket. I might be looking for a bit of paper that I've thrown in a box. Whereas Cindy knows exactly where everything is. So if she packed it, she can find it straight away. But I'd say it's not all my fault because we have uh, this funny thing where Cindy can never, ever find her phone. I didn't tell her I was covering this, so we'll just keep it our little secret and hope she doesn't watch the video, which she normally does, so we might cut this out. But Cindy can never find a phone, and so a few years ago, I bought her this um, little tokeny thing, and you could press it and make this token on your phone ring. Did anyone have one of those? Yeah, a few people. Well, she straight away lost that token. And so it was, it was useless. But now she's got her watch on, and so she can actually make her phone chime. And so the, the like soundtrack of our home is this chiming from Cindy's phone every time she needs to find it. But back to the text. We have these three parables that we're going to look at today with three lost things. We have the parable of the lost sheep. We have the parable of the lost coin and the parable of the lost son. And you probably know, you might know all of these, you might have heard one or two of them. Um, It's been said that the the parable of the lost son or the prodigal son is like the best short story of all time. Um, But Jesus doesn't focus so much in these on what is lost, but he focuses on what is found. And we, I think they're probably named incorrectly because we have the lost sheep. I think we should be calling these parables the found sheep. Then we should be calling it the found coin and the found son. And so as we open God's word, why don't we pray? Lord God, we thank you um, for your scripture. We thank you for your word. Lord, we thank you that it is alive. And as we open it, Lord God, that it nourishes our souls. And so, Lord, I pray that we would be, through the power of your Holy Spirit, open to that today. Lord, give us open hearts and open minds, that the things that are in there um, that need to confront parts of our lives, Lord God, that we would be open to that happening. And Lord, we just pray that as we work through, that you would reveal more of who you are to us, that we would get a a better picture of the heart of God. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. And so if you open up to Luke 15, we're going to start at the top here and we're going to work our way through the passage. So the parable of the lost sheep, it starts in verse 1 like this. Tax collectors and other notorious sinners often came to listen to Jesus teach. This made the Pharisees and teachers of religious law complain that he was associating with such sinful people, even eating with them. You see, right from the start, Luke is really kind to us here because he sets the scene and he gives us the reason why these parables are being shared. We see this crowd has gathered around Jesus and Jesus is teaching. And within this crowd, there are really three characters in this scene. The first character is the, uh, the, the sinners. 
the first character of the, the crowd that has gathered around Jesus. And we're told tax collectors and other notorious sinners are listening to Jesus and that he's eating with them. Now, um, if you work in, in tax in any way, this is no criticism of you. The tax collectors, and we don't have time this morning, but the tax collectors were really Jews that had sold out their people and were working for the Romans in oppressing the Jewish people. And so you can see there was rampant bribery. There was rampant corruption. They were kind of shunned and hated by the people. And so Luke gives us this scene that it's tax collectors and other notorious sinners that have been brought to Jesus, that, he, he, uh, that have been gathered around him as he's been teaching and probably initially were wary of him because they were probably wary that he would um, eventually be revealed as being as hypocritical as the religious leaders that as he teaches that it would be just as bad, uh, he would be just as bad in the end of the Jewish community 